What's good, everybody? Hi, I'm Jackson Finch, and along with Peyton Taylor, we're going to have you another episode of Cousin Cast coming at you today. Hope you guys are doing well. Hope you've been enjoying our content, and we just thank you guys for all your listens. Peyton, what's going on, dude? Man, it's going good. Just got back from a, a church trip all the way up to Kentucky. You know, it seems like I've been moving constantly the last two weeks. Excited to finally be back home. You know, got to go to work at Walmart tomorrow, but you, I'm not um, going to think about that. You are always gone, it seems like. Last well, time we recorded, you were getting back from uh, the beach, wasn't it? Yeah, from the beach, and now uh, I went uh, up to the Creation Museum and the Ark Encounter uh, yeah. on a church trip. By the way, if you had never been up there, awesome place to go. Yeah, I've um, I've never been up there, but I hear how cool it is. So Really cool. You should really take a visit. But uh, I, like he said, hope you guys have been enjoying it. At this time... Uh, our secret episode, the Office episode, is dropped. I yeah. hope you enjoyed that. I hope you enjoyed uh, us moving away from sports a little bit for an episode. This today we're going to be moving back, but it's going to be in a different way. Uh, Jackson, I'll turn it over to you. Let you uh, explain that for us. Yeah, the Office episode. No, the the episode we're doing today. Oh, I'm sorry, I must have zoned out. Anyway, um, so today, you know, the sports world, it's kind of on the low right now. Where you know the SEC media days was going on, and so. We're kind of getting college football started, but besides that, there's not really much going on. So we came up with the idea today, and what we're going to do is we're going to uh, go through the state of our teams and like what's going on at our universities or at our organizations. So we're going to go through NCAA football, basketball, and baseball, and then NFL, NBA, and I think we're going to touch on our favorite golfers. And, you know, we're just going to go through and just – Tell them, you know, recruitments in, you know, college and just see how everything's going, coaching. And, and when we get into the pros, we'll just, you know, I mean, just telling the state of our teams, where we think they are right now. Yeah, and I, I, we came up with this idea. I really like it. I think in today's world, you know, especially it's easier to keep up, but still everybody knows that if they follow a lot of different teams in a lot of different sports, it gets hard to keep up with everything. So, you know, if you're a fan of one of these teams, you know, this I really think – uh, I hope you enjoyed listening to this, seeing what we think, and hopefully it helps you catch up if you've gotten a little bit behind. Like, for instance, I, I'll be completely honest. I, I've still – I've been keeping up with it, of course, recruitments, you know, depth charts. I'm not – I with everything I've been doing, I'm not near as caught up on Ole Miss football as I usually am at this point of the year. Yeah. I but, mean, so what we'll do – we'll go ahead – I'll go ahead and get it um, stated out. So, like, for my teams, I'm a state guy. So I'm going to be talking about Mississippi State football, basketball, and baseball. And then in the NFL, I've been a Steeler fan ever since I've been growing up. My dad's been a Steeler fan since he was a little guy. So I kind of was born into the Steeler fan. And then for the Lakers, and for y'all listening right now, I'm not just a LeBron follower. Peyton, can, you can attest. No, you're just a Kobe follower. Okay, yeah, I'll give you that. <laughs> Kobe was my favorite player, so I became a Lakers fan back in when 2010, when, well, it would have been 2009, when 2K10 came out and Kobe was the cover. That's when I became a Lakers fan, so there's my little story on that. And then... Um, but I'll give it to you. He followed through the hard times, okay? I did. I'll give it to him. He followed through the hard times. Uh, you know, he, he just like every other Lakers fan, he wanted, uh, you know, knee-jerk reaction, you know, he, he wasn't like all that. You know, he thought at first it was kind of dumb to trade D'Angelo away. He was wanting him back. So, you know, I'll give you a little bit of credit there. I just, I mean, I'm glad you can testify to that. I just want all of them to know that I just didn't follow LeBron from Cleveland. There's so many people that did. There are so many people. I know people like that. But I'm not one of them. And then also, my favorite golfer is Ricky Fowler. 
and we'll get back to him later. But Peyton, go ahead and tell you, tell the fans what you got. Well, you know, on the opposite side, we've already talked about it and joked about it a little bit in the first few episodes. I'm an Ole Miss fan through and through. You know, my family's been Ole Miss fans all the way back to my uh, great grandparents. You know, uh, so you know, the, I'm rolling with that on the football, baseball, and basketball side. Uh, in the new, in, in the NFL, I'm a New York Giants fan. Uh, you know, I followed Eli ever since I've been little. Uh, you know, my family's always uh, gravitated Jackson Contestify towards Peyton. Yeah. I don't know why I always gravitated towards Eli. You know, I, I felt f- to fall in that direction. And, you know, I've rolled with it ever since. It's, it's been tough. I'm not going to lie. I, I want to ask you, uh, the Madden ratings came out, and I saw where Eli was a 72. That's Give your thoughts. That's a lot of disrespect. That is a lot of disrespect. Like, I'm not saying that Eli is even a top 15 quarterback in the league anymore. But seventy two, that is a lot of it was disrespect. Low. That's I mean, there's there's rookies that come in and they're like there's second round draft pick rookies that come in and are rated that low. Chad Kelly, when he was Mr. Irrelevant, came in at a sixty seven. Not saying Chad Kelly wasn't incredibly gifted because I testified he should have been if it wasn't for his character issues, he'd have been a third or fourth round pick that year. But you're telling me that Eli is among that low? I'll get into that more in the state of the team and then uh, on the basketball side, I'm a Memphis Grizzlies fan. Ever since I went to my first Grizzlies game when I was about 10 or 11, when I was just now getting into basketball, you actually went with me on that trip. Yeah. It's so much fun. I've, I've been a Grizzlies fan through and through ever since. And then my golfer, I've never really decided on a favorite golfer, but I really I gravitate a lot towards uh, Roy McIlroy because uh, my late grandfather, he loved Rory. And, you know, I've, I've liked to keep that up a little bit. Well, I'll go ahead and say some of you fans are probably thinking – well, why are they just skipping MLB? And the answer to that is yes, we are skipping MLB. <laughs> like we said, you know, if, if anybody chimes in and requests us to talk about MLB, we'll do the best we can. We're just we're not big MLB followers. I, don't get me wrong, I love the sport of baseball, but 162 game season that is just that's too much for me. Well, I'll throw it out there. If we had to pick teams that we followed, uh, for me. I know I'm going to get a bunch of backlash on this, but I am a Yankee follower. I don't know, something about when I was younger, Alex Rodriguez and how he rolled up his pants. That's what I did when I played. And he was number 13, I was number 13. I didn't know that was the story. Yeah, that was the story. Oh, he rolled, wow. Because, you know, he would roll up his pants and you would see his socks. And that's what I started doing. And I wore 13, he wore 13. So that's kind of where that came from. This will tell you how much of an MLB follower I am. I'm a Kansas City Royals fan just due to the fact of when we went out uh, for the College World Series, we stopped and uh, toured the Royal Stadium. And I said, well, you know, if I'm going to follow anybody, it might as well be somebody I visited their stadium. So I'm a Royals fan, I guess you'd say. Yeah, we won a World Series the year I became a fan. I don't want any hate for that. Uh, but we suck now, okay? So, <laughs> okay. And, uh, all right, so let's jump right into it. Uh, we'll, we'll start with football, NCAA football. Okay. Jackson, what's the state after the departure of Nick Fitzgerald, Joe Moorhead in the second year? What's your... What's your take on the state of Mississippi State football? Look, I tell you know my friends and I tell my dad when we're talking about it, Mississippi State could, I mean, they could win eight or nine games. But then again, you could turn around and easily go six and six. That's the type of team they are, and that's how it is. We'll look down their schedule because, I mean, we had three non-conference games at the beginning, Kansas State being the power five. We should win all three of those. And then you go into Kentucky, Kentucky coming to our place. We should win that game for sure. Are we going to? I don't really know. And so, then you have games like A&M and Auburn both on the road. Can we win those games? Yeah. Are we going to? 
I mean, I can't really tell you. A&M and Auburn and us, I kind of put on the same level. And then I can go ahead and you can chalk up losses for LSU and Alabama, even though LSU, we played well. We could sneak up and beat them. And then Ole Miss is always a toss-up. And it's just one of those things. I could see us being in the New Year's Six Bowl. We had a really good season. Or I could see us playing in, I don't know, the Las Vegas Bowl. You know, when it comes to y'all, and I'll jump into us, but just give a little bit of feedback. You know, Nick Fitzgerald, you know, anybody that's talked to me know, I was never a big Nick Fitzgerald fan. I, I, And it wasn't just hate. I really believed he was an overrated quarterback. I think, uh, you know, I've heard um, – what? who was the transfer y'all got from Penn Thomas State? Thomas Stevens. Thomas Stevens. I've heard a lot of good things about Tommy Stevens. I, I mean, I'll go ahead – and I've been saying it since he got here. I'll go ahead and say it now that he's going to start game one. I just have a good feeling. I just don't think – Keaton Thompson is just a Joe Moorhead type of quarterback. Do you think Thompson will transfer if he doesn't get the starting job? Since I mean, you know, he's been expecting it ever yeah. since back to last year with with in Mullins last year when Fitzgerald was gone. Or, you know, when he thought when Fitzgerald's gone, it's my job. Do you will think he, he'll transfer? Will he transfer at the beginning of the season? Uh, no, just in general. Yeah, probably because he'll be a grad. Oh yeah, yeah, he'll definitely transfer. Now, of course, he ain't going to be able to transfer much because I think. I think he's worse, a worse quarterback than Fitzgerald was. I wouldn't say he's worse, but they're the same type of quarterback. Well, I mean, they're the same, the same first, type. Passing I think he, second. I think he does. I think he does what Fitzgerald did worse. Now, if Moorhead kind of implements him in a receiver, running back type of role, like he did with Stevens at Penn State, then he might stay if he's you know cool with doing that. But I think Tommy Stevens will start. Colin Hill has you know it has the potential to have a really big season. I hope our receivers are better. Uh, defense will be – I mean, they won't be like they were last year, obviously. We lost our three first-round picks. But they'll be good. I think we'll be good on the second half. And so, that's my little rundown on our team. Well, when it comes to Ole Miss football, I'm, I'm kind of at a I'm – a, I'm at a crossroads, you know. For the first time in, uh, you know, three years, we can be bowl eligible finally again. Question is, will we be? I want to say yes, but I'm not sure. On offense, you you return a lot. You, you know you have Matt Corral who who's shown flashes when he's uh, been able to get in and play. Uh, you have with Rich Rodriguez, he likes to run the ball a lot. New offensive coordinator. I'm really hoping I get to see some split back formations with Scotty Phillips and Jerry and Ely in the backfield. Uh, and then don't forget about Devon Penniman. Yeah, he's went through some injury. Uh, and the same thing with Eric Swinney. They both went through injuries, but you know they're good backs whenever they're uh, not injured. Especially Penniman, he fits that you know hard nose, runs it up the middle, gets a three, four yard gain almost every time he carries the ball. Tight back. Uh, at the wide receiver position, you got Braylon Sanders coming back. You lost a lot at receiver, but you still have a lot, and that just shows how well Ole Miss can recruit receivers. You got uh, Elijah Moore in the slot. You got Braylon Sanders, uh, Demarcus Gregory, who's a, a redshirt freshman. Then you got Miles Battle, who's a redshirt freshman, who's shown a lot of uh, you know poise and potential and then tight end uh you got octavius cooley he's a senior uh and then overall it's not about the offense that worries me it's the defense and it's because you know you come off uh you come off a one of the worst defensive seasons of a football team i've seen in my life and and that's not an over exaggeration it was truly putrid it was Awful and horrible to watch. 
I'm sorry. We we had to make a change. I think we made a great change. Mike McIntyre, he's a great defensive mind. Everybody knows it. And this is a defense that uh, I don't think it's not that there's not talented players. Yeah, we don't have the most talented defensive players. But it was a thing where we had so many guys just not knowing where they're supposed to be, out of position, not knowing the right play call. If you can get those you know, adjusted, you've got so much potential because – it's not just potential in the future, but mainly potential for this year because you look at this, and this is our, our pre-spring training or fall training depth chart. Josiah Coatney, senior, defensive end. Benito Jones, senior, nose tackle. Tariquius Tisdale, junior, defensive end. Outside linebacker, Quadir Shepard, senior, Sam Williams, junior, Juco transfer. Inside linebacker, Mohamed Sanago. Junior, Dante Evans, Junior, Willie Hibbler, Senior, Jack West Jones, Sophomore, Jalen Jones, Junior, Cornerback, Keydron Smith, Sophomore, Strong Safety, John Haynes, Junior, Free Safety, Jalen Julius, Senior, Armani Linton, Senior, Miles Hartfield, Senior. You hear all? I maybe named off one player that was a sophomore. That's all I counted was one. There's so much experience. It's just they've got to be put in the right places, and I think that Mike McIntyre hopefully can do that for the team. And they can. This team is going to play spoiler for somebody this year. The only thing I'm worried about – well, I'm not really worried. I'm not an Ole Miss fan. But the only thing I would be worried about is, I mean, you named off all those juniors and seniors, which is great, but, I mean, they're still the guys that played last year. Oh, no, and I know. And that's why I said they're not – these aren't 11 – Super talented, potential all ACC, all American guys. They're not. You know, we recruited the best we could during you know our sanctions, but it came down to last year. And I'm serious. I can't think of our defensive coordinator's name right now because I blocked him out of my mind. That's how frustrated and angry, and how much hatred I had for him. But there were so many guys that were out of position that they didn't know how to tackle. They they would come in because he preached big plays, turnovers, take away, big hits. They couldn't tackle. If they didn't hit the ball, the guy was running for 30 yards. I think if we can get teach kids these mechanics, I know it's hard to teach 20-year-olds you know, mechanics because they're so far into their career, but if you just get them in the right place, teach them to tackle, wrap up, there's a lot of athletic guys on our defense. This defense can be a decent SEC defense. But now we should move, probably move on to NCAA basketball. What's the state of NCAA basketball for Mississippi State after a first-round exit in the tournament this year? Well, before I do anything, I want to say the state of Mississippi, just Mississippi basketball in general for both schools, I think is in a really good position right now. No doubt about it. I think Ole Miss and Mississippi State are on very highs right now, and it's I'm really excited just to see the two battles that we have at the Pavilion at the Hump this year. I think they're going to be really good basketball to watch. You know, we're going to be around each other so much. We need to plan to go to one of those together. We made plans about it, but this year we yeah. really do need to make plans for it. Yeah, but for uh, Mississippi State, um, I mean, you lost Quindary Weatherspoon. That's a big blow. And you lost Eric Holman. Those two guys were, at it, were there at the beginning when Hallam first started, so – Losing those two guys were big. Both those guys are NBA signees, right? Correct. Uh, Quindary signed with the Spurs, and Eric Holman signed with the Lakers. Qu- Quindary looks and feels like a Spurs That's guy. what I tell everybody. He just fits that mold with Popovich there. He, he plays just, hard. He listens yeah. to, to coaching well. You know, he's not flashy, but he gets the job done. Anyway, we had um, 
Nick Weatherspoon retiring. We had a little scare about him of whether he might not return, and he did, which was big. Reggie Perry had an outstanding offseason, winning MVP with the Unite, the Unite Teen Team for USA. That guy's going to get drafted next year. Oh, yeah, he's a gone. I'm just glad he came back. He, dra- he went to the draft waters. He tested the waters this year, but he came back, which is huge. And so, I mean – when you look at it, we have Nick Weatherspoon running the point. He's a junior. Tyson Carter's going to start to be a senior. And then Reggie Perry, Robert Woodard, and we've got some Juco guys. Drethro, he's a big, tall guy. Um, I think we're about the same level as last year. I don't think We lost Q, so I'm worried about just having that go-to score. But, I mean, we've got guards and we've got bigs. We've got the pieces. I would like to see us make a jump, but, I mean, staying around a – seven to five seed and you know entering in the tournament with a first second round exit i just don't i think that's about right now does peters return no he He went he he left and he signed a summer league deal with the knicks i don't think i've seen anything since then that's a guy that man i thought he was going to be a a pretty high tier draft pick and it just it never seemed like he could he could accept a lessened role in an offense yeah he just he wasn't a college player he just he there's nothing against him. It's just his play is just revolved around you know what he does. Mm-hmm. He has to have the ball. In his yeah. Hands to and be so and if he if an NBA team gave him gave him a shot, you know, at like a two day two way deal, you might can see uh, his name eventually. But yeah, just the college game just wasn't for him. And I wish him all the best. Well, you know, now looking at Ole Miss basketball, like you said, it's the state, and that's why I'm just going to move straight into it. Unlike last time, remarking about Mississippi State football because you said. Mississippi basketball is in a great place in the call in the in the college ranks right now. Ole Miss, you know, you lose Terrence Davis, and by the way, shout out to TD. He has been killing it in the summer league, killing it. You know, came and played with the Nuggets on a ten day deal, and then got himself a guarantee. No, I don't want to say it's a guaranteed deal, but he signed a one year contract with the Toronto Raptors. Awesome for him. You know, like same with Peters. Best of luck to him. He's been playing great in the summer league. Really been impressing me. Uh, but Ole Miss, you know. We're not in a bad place at all, just like y'all. You know, we lose uh, – you lose TD, uh, and then, you know, I'm trying to think of other seniors that – we didn't really lose many other seniors that come to mind impact players. And then, you know, you replace them. It, the main one that comes to mind is Darkel Joyner. You know? He's going to – I've seen him play in person multiple times. When we played at South Tiller, he played at Oxford High School, and he's, he's some of the best – talent i've ever seen with my own two eyes like were you, were you there life. when he dropped the 50 bomb at the high i was yeah, yeah i was it's Ole miss fans should be very excited about him. oh we're definitely excited you know you have just the the thought of him and bringing tyree in the backcourt you know thank goodness for tyree deciding he wanted to come back testing the draft waters uh you know i think i think he could have done the same thing td did even if he didn't get drafted you know sign on with somebody he could have made an impact but i'm really glad to have him back um you know him, Blake Henson. He did a lot of great things as a freshman. I'm really excited to see him progress into sophomore year. Uh, you know, we got uh, Zach Naylor. You know, Devontae Schuler, who did a lot of things on offense. Uh, Olenichek, he's a junior coming back. You want to see him improve a little bit. Uh, KJ Buffin comes back because he not a bad freshman year for him. I'd like to see him do a little bit more stuff. I am a little bit worried about size. Uh, you know that we picked up a couple of commitments that will help us with our size a little bit, but you know that's still freshmen that you're throwing into the fire in the SEC play and said, "Hey, go grab some boards and block some shots." And you never really—it's hard to count on freshmen to do that in this league. 
But I will say, uh, you know, Bruce Stevens is not a big loss to me. I mean, yeah, he did some good stuff on offense, but he had no effort on the boards or on, in the defensive side. I just want to say real quick before we move on, uh, last year we had a guy by the name of DJ Stewart. was a four-star, four-star guy coming out of high school, and we redshirted him. And all I'm hearing is just good stuff about him and his athleticism. I feel like he's going to be a big attribute to this team come this year. Yeah, I mean, you, you hope so. It, like I said, I'm going to look at, you know, our commitments real quick. We signed Austin Crowley. I've heard good things about him. He's 6'6 out of Kansas. Uh, Sammy Hunter, we signed him out of the Bahamas, 6'9. So there's some size right there again. And Tavion Collum signed him out of Tennessee Prep Academy, 6'7. A little bit more size. Uh, you know, uh, Kadim Sai, we signed him out of Daytona Beach, Florida, uh, Daytona State College. He's 6'10". That's more size. So, you know, really trying to, you know, get some size out of these guys is going to be big for us because that's one thing that killed us in SEC play last year, especially against Alabama when we got put out in the tournament and then got ran off the floor in Tuscaloosa. Um, Austin Crowley's from West Point. Oh, yeah, Crowley is from West Point. Yeah, I played you play, him. You played him against him. Mm-hmm. So, real quick, and we'll jump into baseball because I don't want this episode to run too long, but since you actually played against Crowley because you played uh, a well amount in your senior year, what did you think of Crowley as a guy, as a basketball player? Um, well, he wasn't there when I was uh, a senior. He was there my, oh, my freshman and sophomore sorry. year. But, um, I mean, he's he's a taller guard. It's kind of a – I don't know what he looked like now, but he was kind of lanky back then. Had a nice jump shot, but, I mean, he could handle the ball well, and he was very athletic, you could tell. So, you, I mean, you got a nice, tall, size guard. And, I mean, I don't know. He moved to Kansas when I was a junior, so I haven't really seen how he's developed since then. Mm-hmm. Well, moving on now to baseball, uh, I'll let you – again, I'll let you start because, I mean – your team finished first ahead of mine, technically, I guess you'd say. Um, for, you know, appeared in the uh, in the semifinals of the College World Series. You know, great year for Mississippi State. Like we talked about, you know, so many people thought the state was just going to be a, an average top 25 team. I told you before the start of the season, I thought y'all could be College World Series bound. I knew if our pitching came to be, which it did, that we could be really good, and we were. Well, I mean, did you expect JT Ginn to break out like he did? No. I mean, not. I mean, you just don't see in SEC baseball. You just rarely do you see a freshman just step up and take a and dominate the yeah. league. I mean, he, he was really a national did. freshman of the year. I mean, he dominated. He commanded every time he took the mound. He got some injuries late. You know, just some fatigue. Just you know, going from the high school season to the uh, college season, fatigue in his arm. But with the state of our team, I mean, we're in great hands for the Friday night starter, JT again. And uh, we've got a couple – I know we've got a couple of transfers, some grad transfers that are pitchers. And, I mean, losing Elijah McNamee and Jake Mangum, the two heart and souls of your team, obviously going to take a toll. But I can see our left fielder, Rowdy Jordan, move to center, which I'm totally fine with. I think we're going to be good in the outfield. I think we'll be um, still good up the middle because we got Westberg and Foskey both back, and so Tanner Allen. Also playing first, we got him back. I think the um, what I'm worried about for next season right now is the bullpen. I'm not really sure. We lost a good bit of bullpen arms. So if we could, you know, fix our bullpen, I still think we can be that top 25 team, you know, that can make a run to Omaha. But if our bullpen is not, you know, where not where it needs to be, then I think we would have some trouble. Yeah, it's just now – Looking at y'all, it's, you know, pitching a lot in the same, like you said, your bullpen and replacing, you know, finding new leaders to step up because Magnamy and uh, 
Mangum were definitely y'all's two leaders. And for Ole Miss, it's going to be a lot in the same. We lost a lot this year, a lot. We lost Kessinger. We lost Dillard. Um, we lost uh, Etheridge. You know, uh, I can't remember. I I can't remember if Roth was a senior or not. I think he was. Uh, you lose Olenny. Uh So you got a lot to replace. You really do. I'm honestly, you know, we Ole Miss and State never have a problem recruiting in baseball. Never. No. But um, you just you hope that you can find some guys to step up and be leaders, whether they're freshmen that comes in and or it's some guys that step up and get some in, you know some innings in that you know they they wouldn't they weren't going to get last year. You need somebody to step up. In the pitching department, you know your Friday night, Friday night starter, Doug Nikhazy, who I believe, uh, you know, if it wasn't for JT Ginn, he would have had a really good shot. Because Nikhazy, uh, JT Ginn won freshman pitcher of the year, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, Nikhazy would have had a really good shot if Ginn for wouldn't sure. have been. Yeah, he's a year. great arm. Yeah, so you got your Friday night arm. You hope Zach Phillips can do better in his sophomore year. It's not that he doesn't have talent, you, but you could tell that the adjustment to college ball it flustered him a little bit. Uh, he put in a lot of decent performances, but he also put in a lot of bad performances. I'll give him credit. He stepped up. Uh, you know, of course, we ended up losing that game, but I went to the SEC championship game against Vandy this year. And I'm not gonna lie, when I heard uh, Zach Phillips was pitching, I was, I was thinking, oh no, this could get bad. And to his credit, he came in. Now he only pitched three innings because that's the best, one of the best hitting college baseball teams I've ever seen. They just figured him out. Vanderbilt, this year's Vanderbilt team was just the most complete That'll team. go down. You yeah. know, that'll be a team that, like, you know, say your kids ask you when you're 50 who the best college baseball team you saw is, 2019 Vanderbilt is going to be were just, They were just so well-rounded. that They had everything. They If you threw a punch, they had two punches throwing back right at you. So, uh, them winning the national championship, all credit to them. They just went out there and they beat the teams they needed to beat, and they got it done. So, Yeah, it, when it – when it comes to Phillips, I hope he improves in the sophomore year. You know, finds a little bit more diversity in his pitches, uh, becomes a little bit more uh, acquainted with the atmosphere of SEC baseball. Um, honestly, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't make the tournament, but I don't think Ole Miss baseball is on the down spiral. I do think this is just going to have to be a retooling year for us. Um, with Mississippi State, I, we have great coaches in place. The Lamonis hire was excellent. Jake Kocher just got National Assistant Coach of the Year. I think we'll get one more season out of him before he'll get a head coaching job somewhere. But with that said, you know, I mean, there's some speculation going on with Bianco at Ole Miss. Just give me your thoughts on that real quick. You know, I think every now and then change has to happen. It, it's It's healthy and it needs to happen. In this case, you know, I think Bianco, for all – he hurt – you know he heard the criticism this year, especially in the early points when it was looking like we weren't – we weren't going to host and we were maybe even going to drop to a three seed. Uh, You know, he stepped up. He took the criticism. And, you know, he didn't come out like, you know, you'll see some coaches do and, you know, bash the media, bash some of the fans that – you know, he shut up. He got his baseball team to perform, and it led to us going to a Super Regional, taking a really good Arkansas team to game three. You know, so for Bianco, you know, I'm not – I don't think he's the best baseball coach in, in the SEC even. Uh, but, you know, he's a good baseball coach. He he earned my respect with how he responded to the criticism, and instead of – he let it, he let the teams play, do the talking. So uh, right now I don't have any faults with Bianco being our head baseball coach. 
Let's move on to the NFL, shall we? You want me to start this one yeah, off? Yeah, you can start it. The New York Giants uh, coming off a, uh, I believe, yeah, we finished 5-11 uh, and 11 last year. It's a team where we, we've got a lot of solid pieces. You got Saquon Barkley, obviously, is the headliner. Sterling Shepard, a very good receiver. You signed Golden Tate at the receiver spot. But then you look you lost a lot and you know, you traded Odell Beckham Jr. You lost Lennon Collins, which you know, honestly, and this is a very, very unpopular opinion. Odell, you know, of course, was one of the top receivers in the NFL. There's no doubt about it. But I think impact receivers are much easier to find than impact guys on the backside of your defense, and that's exactly what Landon Collins was. He he might have he might have been the best strong safety in the league, in my opinion. And you let him walk. Uh, you know, I think if I think honestly, he's one of those guys, especially when now you know you're you know you're in a down spell right now. You're trying to rebuild. I think you know. I would have paid him all the tea in China if he wanted it to come back. But, you know, so he leaves. Uh, Nate Soldier comes back. Uh, Will Hernandez. Uh, John Jalapio at center. Uh, Kevin Zeitler, right guard. Uh, Mike Rimmers uh, at the right tackle. Uh, him coming from Minnesota. You're hoping the offensive line can be better because I still believe that. I don't believe Eli. I don't know if I believe he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback anymore, but I think he can lead a. I think he can lead a team to the playoffs if he has a line behind him. Because for all the criticism, and I know you don't watch too many Giants games, but when you have, you're you're smart enough to know it's not just Eli. There, no, our offensive not. line has been one of the worst in a multiple year span I've seen. No, it's not just Eli for sure. The offensive line has had some trouble, and I, I mean I know with um, Odell, I don't know if it was last season or the season before that. He came out talking to the media about the play calling and it didn't and I, talking about that's why I was fine with the trade for Odell. Yeah, I mean he's a great receiver, but I'm one of those people. I do believe he was a cancer in the locker room. I, yeah. I believe he was, and you know you can't have that on winning teams. Uh, I mean this is the same guy who uh, was most people believe was responsible for taking uh, the uh, skill players uh, group down to Miami the week before a playoff game. You don't do that. It's not college anymore. You don't go. You know, take that week off your coach gives you, you know, before you prepare for bowl season. It's the NFL. You stay. You watch film on Green Bay, and you get ready to play. And it showed in that football game. Of course, that was three years back. But, I mean, that was our last playoff uh, appearance. And, I mean, you can tell everything down spiral from there. Uh, But, overall, you got Evan Ingram at tight end. B.J. Hill and Dexter Lawrence. I really like the Dexter Lawrence uh, draft pick. Uh, you got Dalvin Tomlinson. You signed. You got him coming to the defensive tackle spot as well. Uh, Alec Over- Ogletree. I like that. Getting him for the Rams. I was really happy about that pickup. You know, I think getting Jabril Peppers. He's got a lot of upside. Antoine Bethea. Janoris Jenkins comes back at the cornerback spot. I think there's a lot of potential for this team to be very, very good. It's just going to come down if they can put the pieces together. If uh, if Pat Shermer can improve in year two as head coach. I didn't think he did a bad job, but you could tell as a first-year head coach he did make some mistakes. Overall, I do think just because of the lack of strength in, in the NFC East, the Giants have a decent shot of going worse to first. I think we do. But it's going to take a lot of improvement before 
you I can seriously claim that there is a that there is a legitimate true shot instead of just a possible pipe dream. Now, um, with the Steelers, we kind of had the same thing. You know, y'all lost Odell to where some some to some locker room drama, and same thing with Antonio Brown and Le'Veon and Le'Veon. Antonio Brown's a top three receiver in the league. Le'Veon's a top five back in the league. But you just can't have that type of. Well, I mean, Le'Veon just like separated himself from the team. And then a- Antonio Brown is—he was just stirring up too much stuff in the locker room. You just can't have that and w- win a championship. Le'Veon, did he hold himself out the whole year? All year, yeah. I thought, I thought so. That is the—that's f- the first time that comes to my mind in my lifetime where uh, a guy held out the whole year. And honestly, that's it, for me. That's a, that's embarrassing for Le'Veon. Yeah, it, it is because I mean, yeah, the Jets signed him because the Jets need impact player. But I mean, what? What happens when he doesn't? I mean, he didn't get the. He still didn't get the number he wanted. He got. I believe he got what y'all offered him. Because Probably. Of, uh, he's good, but it in today's NFL with you know the defensive end spot, for instance, becoming so incredibly valued. The nose tackle spot becoming so valued. Left tackle, right tackle, receiver. You can't afford no team. I don't care how good the running back is. You can't afford to pay a running back twenty million dollars and still put together a contending team. You can't afford it. Yeah, letting him go is, I mean, great I mean, y'all got talent. James Conner. Yeah, great, so. great. Ta- Le'Veon was a great talent, and so, and we let him walk, which is fine. Same thing with Antonio Brown. I think it'll all work back, work out for the best. I'm hearing great things about our offseason, just how the team has come together. Like you said, James Conner's back there. I think he's a, you know, a really good three down back. And then we picked up Benny, um, Benny Snell to do some goal line packages. I think that's a great pickup. We have, um, I mean, Big Ben signed an extension. I've never had a problem with Big Ben. He's going to take his chances. He's going to throw his interceptions, but he's also going to lead the league in yards and touchdowns. You know, mm-hmm. at, you know, most of the time. Uh, we signed Dante Moncrief. I think it. I think that's a good pickup. You know, to have in the spot, just to, you know, have another receiver. Juju can run the one for our receiver. I have no problem with that. So our offense and our offensive line stayed the same. So our offense is still going to be, you know, where it was. I, and, you know, I look forward to watching our offense play. And on the defensive end, um, we kept most everybody. T.J. Watt uh, on linebackers along with, you know, Cam Hayward doing the defensive line. And we um, drafted Bush out of uh, Michigan. Mm-hmm. That's the, We traded up to get him. That's the guy we, uh, we wanted. That's the guy we got, which is great. Uh, Mike Hilton's not a bad corner. Ole Miss alum, not a bad corner to have no. at all. I think I, he played really good in the in the times, uh, you know, that he was able to show himself out, and he, you know, he earned himself. He got a two year extension this yeah. offseason, right? He yeah. earned himself that extension. I I think the Steelers right now, where we're at, I mean, we needed a reboot, just going on with all the offseason with all the playoff drama and stuff like that. But I, I I like where we are. But the only thing that scares me is just this AFC North. Mm-hmm. It's it's competitive. It's very competitive. The, um, did or what about the Bengals? I don't the, really know. The, the Bengals. I mean, they haven't really improved that much. But the Bengals are. I mean, every year they're a team that's scared that that compete in, until October. Yeah. The I mean, the Bengals are what they are. But I mean, the Browns. You saw what they went out and did. They could get eight wins this year. I could see I, I eight to ten wins. I they think do they, it. I think they get about nine. They you know, do we'll it. we'll do an episode later yeah. in the year, but I think they are a playoff team possibly. The Ravens with Lamar Jackson just got a new bit of swagger that really that really you know lifted them over the edge last season. So I mean, I think it's going to be a three team race right there at the top. But 
uh, the Steelers, the Ravens, and the Browns could all win the AFC North next year. So I just think we have a really competitive division. And so that just, you know, makes those division games, those home and away, it's just, you know, so important to get. All right, knee-jerk reaction real quick for you, and you can ask me the same. First through fourth in division, where the Steelers end up. Knee-jerk. So that's knee-jerk means like? It, right right now. Second. Second. Yeah. Ravens win the division? Browns? Ravens, probably. Ravens. Okay. Um, For me, I'll say, I'll say third. I think the Redskins finish behind us. I think we go third. I think uh, Cowboys go second. Eagles go first. I think I think we'll go second, and then uh, just off the top of my head, I think we'll finish second, and I think we'll be in a wild card game, the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Well, now we move on to the NBA, okay. and I'll let you go first because you know it's kind of fitting because your team is contending and my team is rebuilding. Go ahead. The Lakers, what we did this offseason, obviously, we talked about in past episodes. We didn't get Kawhi, which was kind of I was kind of bummed out about that, but the way we rebounded. By signing Demarcus Cousins, signing Danny Green, um, I can't win. We signed so many people. Quinn Cook. Uh, who else did we sign? Now I'm thinking about it. I'm trying to think. I don't know, but um, we signed KCP. Yeah, and Rondo, and then obviously we got AD. I mean, but the way our team looks right now, I'm really excited about what we got going on. I'm really excited that the Lakers, Lakers and Clippers rivalry is back. Um. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think we have a really big lineup. I think we're huge on the front on the front court, and I mean we've got LeBron, we've got AD. I think that combo is going to be killer. Um, so I mean, I I like where we are. I like where we stand. You know, for for the Grizzlies, when a couple years back when the Lakers won the summer league, and you started pumped about it, I'm not gonna lie. Like I thought, you know, I don't get why he's getting so pumped about the summer league. It's kind of like NFL preseason. But then I watched some of our games this year, and I, you know, of course, the Grizzlies end up winning the summer league, and I see where that excitement comes now because it lets you know. I mean, even if you're not going to have all those guys end up on your team, you know you've got plenty of good basketball players to pick from. You know, Brandon Clark, I, he's the first guy I saw the stat, the first basketball player to ever win. Summer League MVP and Summer League Championship Game MVP. Brandon Clark is looking like he might be the steal of this draft early on. Uh, you know, I really like him. He's a really good player. A lot of people didn't ex- expect him to shoot as well as he shot in the Summer League. And, of course, you know, he's going to go through a slump in his rookie year. But really impressed by what Clark's done, of course. Uh, you know, you got Demetrius Morant coming in, you know, as most people know him, Ja. Yeah. Uh, you got him and JJJ. You're really excited to see how that uh, matchup goes. Grayson Allen. Look, I, I don't like Grayson Allen. I don't think anybody likes Grayson Allen. Uh, but there's no denying he's got some skill as a basketball player. If he can just get his, you know, sometimes put, you know, get his foot out of his mouth and, you know, just uh, not try to, you know, not try to start controversy, just play the game of basketball, he could be a, he could be a good addition to our team. It's impressive y'all won the summer league without Jaw. Oh yeah, number it, number two overall pick, and y'all still won it. Y'all came back and won some games. Uh, you know, and then uh, Shaq Buchanan, yeah. uh, NEMCC alum, you know, and he he did a really good job in the summer league. I thought he played phenomenal defense. Uh, you know, he did what he needed to do running the point. Uh, where which he did a decent amount. Overall, I I think when we talked about doing this episode in the future, top three contenders, top three rebuilders in the NBA right now. I'd be tempted to say the Grizzlies have a top three rebuild in the NBA yeah, right now. For sure. 
I, I'm tempted to say, it, and that's not just me. You know, you've got a lot of good, you know, talented guys coming in. You made a lot of good moves this offseason. Uh, you know, you offloaded Parsons. Uh, of course, you took back the same salary, but they're both expiring, so, you know, that's not a big deal to you. You uh, you draft Ja, of course. You draft Brandon Clark. Like I said, he's looking like he could be the steal of this draft. You load up draft picks. You traded away Conley, which you needed to do. It hurt, but you did it. You traded away Gasol during uh, the trade deadline last year. It hurt, but you needed to do it. Uh, you traded uh, for Iguodala, and you got a pick back. You know, to help the warrior, the help the Warriors unload some cap. I like that move because now you can just trade him or buy him out. Overall, I love what we're doing. I think the front office is handling this re- this true rebuild phenomenally so far. Um. Real quick, and then we'll move on because we're getting a little long. Um, I like our coaching staff. I like Frank Vogel. Uh, I like Jason Kidd, and we got Lionel Hollins as well. We, I mean, we've got three experienced minds over there on the bench. I really like that. Um, but you said, you know, the Grizzlies being in a top three rebuild. I don't know if I would put the Lakers in a top three championship contender. I think we had that attempt potential, but I'd put them in a top. Can I put them in a top six? Yeah, I think you, I think you put them in the top five. Yeah, yeah. so that's where we are. Um, let's move on real quick. Let's talk about our favorite golfers. You know, let's just, for instance, you know, keep this kind of quick because we know there's not too many people out there that watch golf, but it's something that we like. We yeah. know people that watch us do like as well. So mainly, let's just talk about this. This, if this is all right with you, how do you feel about Ricky's chances going into the FedEx Cup? That'll be a better question to ask. Um. Ricky, he's just – some weeks, I don't know, he's so streaky. Some weeks he'll be a top ten type guy, and some weeks he's just shooting at even par. So he's not going to get much lower than even par. He doesn't have just, like, terrible rounds all the time. But, I mean, he's just – he does nothing flashy. He'll just shoot a um, 67 or a 68 for people who don't know golf on a par 72. That's four or five under. And he'll just, even if the lead's at, you know, 15 under and he's at 6, he'll just shoot 3 under the next day, get up to 10, shoot um, plus 1 the next day, finish at 9. So, I mean, going into the FedEx Cup, being a playoff with four tournaments, I mean, is he going to win it? Probably not. I mean, he might win. He's won a tournament in the FedEx Cup playoffs before, but he just, right now, he just doesn't have those just spectacular days. You know, he's your favorite golfer. Looking at it objectively, you think Rich, Ricky eventually wins a major? Yeah, he will eventually, but just not right now. Well, he and he's a young golfer still. He's like, oh, I think he's thirty. If he's not, 30 you know, yet, he's twenty nine. That, and that's the thing, you know, that we for we are tend to forget a lot of times in the game of golf. Thirty still relatively young. Yeah, people yeah. usually don't hit their primes in golf until around thirty four, thirty five. Um, for you know, and I said Rory. Uh, you know, of course, he's one of the top golfers in the world. Uh, I think he's got a, a a good shot at winning the FedEx Cup. You know, uh, you know he just play he just plays good, consistent golf. He's a lot like Ricky, except he can put together those flashy rounds when he needs to. Uh, but you know, at the same time, un, unlike Ricky, like and like a lot of top golfers, they tend to you know have those surprisingly subpar rounds, and I think it's because they take so many risks because they're so confident in their abilities. You know, Ricky is he can do or, or Rory, sorry, can do that a lot. Uh, but I think I th- if he, you know, if he just 
does what he's capable of doing, go, goes out and believes he's one of the best golfers in the world, uh, you know, plays the course up and down, doesn't, you know, try to do anything spectacular and just plays to his abilities, you know, there's a reason he's ranked, I know he's ranked in the top 10 right now of the world golf rankings because he's one of the best, and I think he's got a very good shot of winning the FedEx Cup if he wants to. But with that, we will wrap up this episode of Cousin Cast. Thank you guys so much, as always, for listening. Uh, make sure you're tuned in to our social media accounts, Facebook, Cousin Cast, Instagram, at Cousin Cast, and Twitter, at Cast Cousin. Jackson, any final thoughts for this episode? No, I think we got it all covered. It, you know, it was cool to go over our team today, and hopefully you know, the listeners out there follow one of these teams. I'm sure some people follow Ole Miss and Mississippi State, but I hope some of them follow some of those professional teams so we can give them a little more of an in-depth look on who they're following. Absolutely. As always, thank you guys for everything. For Jackson Finch, I'm Peyton Taylor. We will see you next time. Have a blessed day.